1: what a world, what a life, what a day, Saturday, October 28, 2023. Happy Halloween. It's a scary time, but I had a great interview with Alison Gill, and she is such a delight. And you will hear an interesting exchange where I ask her to contemplate, hey, what happens if Trump wins? What will happen to you? He's already retaliated against her and her amazing podcast, Muller, She Wrote, which became MSW Media and three of my favorite podcasts, The Daily Beans with Dana Goldberg and then Jack with Andy McCabe, the second to James Comey back in the day at the FBI. He's a lawyer. He's smart. He is funny. Pete Strzok is on with her. You remember Pete, the FBI guy who investigated the heck out of Trump till he got taken off the case because of dalliance with Lisa Page. He's a smart guy. Pete Strzok. Love him on that show. But the star of all those stars is Alison Gill, and she's my guest today, and it's almost too good to be true. This week has been awful in so many respects. That Massacre in Maine, we will talk about that toward the end of the show with our troubadour, Dave Gunders, who's got a song, "Hard of Understanding, which is perfect for every part of our podcast today. And then the other sad thing is what's going on in the Middle East. And we've talked about that plenty, and we will with the troubadour as well. Jen Ellis cried this week. Were they real tears? Well, Allison will weigh in and what a great exchange they had on Twitter about who's crying now. Anyway, you all know that I am familiar with Jenna Ellis, got invited to her wedding, did not go. Maybe I should have. Anyway, we had something else to do, but I knew her from the radio. I knew when she ripped Trump, I knew when she jumped on board. In fact, if you read my column in the Colorado Sun, December 7, 2020, I warned her. I explained to everybody how Trump tweeted something about her. I texted that to Jenna. She was very excited, flattered by the president. And boy, she flattered him back. And we know what happened. We warned her. Anyway, Allison Gell has her own Jenna Ellis encounter. Heck, let's just Think about Jenna, and think about Dan Kaplis, who was my former radio partner, who had her on frequently, almost like my villain, when I said, no, I can't do that show with you anymore, come on now, because Dan's fully MAGA, and he bolstered Jenna Ellis, had her on right after the election dispute stopped this deal. And there was no pushback. There were numbers given to give money. It was grifting. And I don't like it. Heck, rather than me talk about it, let me tell you that Dan Kaplis went on for more than a year, for a couple of years to be Jenna's biggest booster. And she had her show, and she would still frequently come on, plug in. It's on Salem Media. Way to go, Salem. You get to host presidential debate and sponsoring show for Jenna Ellis. But there's Dan Kaplis, who was singing her praises. And I've played this before, but I need to play it again because nobody can compliment and extol the virtues in kind of a phony way of somebody like Dan Kaplis. And he loves Jenna Ellis, I don't know, because she was fully MAGA too, or because she's pro-life, he's pro-life. What those people won't do? Yes, with Alison Gill, we talk about Mike Johnson, the new speaker. We talk a lot about him because Dan Kaplis, Mike Johnson. Anyway, Dan Kaplis, he just can't get enough of Jenna Ellis. By the way, Jen Ellis is mad tweeting today, this weekend, that Mike Johnson is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, he's the male embodiment of Jenna Ellis. Dan Kaplis loves him too, just like he loved him some Jenna Ellis.
2: Here's what I'm leading up to. All of these snipers and snarkers taking their shots at Jenna Ellis, I will pay, I will fund it, I will underwrite it to see you debate Jenna Ellis on a topic of your choice. And all I suggest is that you write your will in, in advance, right? Can you imagine any of these people who snipe at Jenna Ellis debating her publicly on anything? Pick your topic. It's a, yeah, it's a lot would easier wipe to the take floor with shots with them, yeah. but, but I'm, I'm just being honest about it. She would wipe the floor with them. So the challenge is out there. Any of the snipers, the snarkers, the Jenna critics, and again, she and I have had some knockdown dragouts on air where we've disagreed about things, but any of those out there who are calling her names, doubt her abilities as a lawyer or whatever, we will give you this radio show as a forum will make a contribution to the charity of your choice. Let's have the debate. Come on this radio show and debate Jenna on anything you want to. Think we'll have any takers on that, Ryan? Well, I mean, there might be a a few. uh, Really? uh, uh, Okay. Who do you think would take us up on that? Craig Silverman. Oh, I'd love to have Craig. come on. (laughs) Could you imagine? And you know, brother Craig, I mean, so many good memories in this studio. (laughs)
1: Well, no, I did accept that challenge, and I communicated that to Dan, who told me, oh, that was just Ryan Shuling, his producer. He brought it up. It wasn't serious. But I was serious, because I knew that Jenna was full of shit, and I didn't like what she was doing to the country. And I wrote about it in The Colorado Sun, and I was proud when It was Jeremy Peters who called me, I believe, from the New York Times and said, hey, will you tell me what you know about Jenna Ellis? And then they wrote that first article about an elite strike force using the term that Jenna had used. Now, Jenna was in over her head. And part of this guilty plea is sort of true. Some people feel sorry for her. I heard George Brockler, who hosts on Denver Morning Radio, say, as a fellow lawyer, that he thought she was remorseful. Alison Gill, who's not a lawyer, but she's brilliant, one of the greatest legal analysts and human analysts ever, she smells crocodile tears. I know it's hard on a podcast, but give a listen to this and see if you think Jenna Ellis is sincere.
3: Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were, in fact, true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you.
0: And then thank you, Miss Ellis, for sharing that all too often. I don't get to hear the perspective of the accused in in these cases, and so that's appreciated. Thank you, Your Honor. I
1: like that, Judge Scott McAfee. Really, if you want the lowdown on all the litigation, you have to get in touch with Mueller, she wrote on Twitter, and just follow the Daily Beans, Jack, and clean up on aisle 45. You're about to hear her, but first I want you to hear somebody who I admire. A legislator who had reflection in the wake of a tragedy. We have to get rid of these weapons of war, these AR-15s. We have to start now. We are killing each other, and it happened in Maine. Listen to Jared Golden, a legislator who previously opposed an assault weapon ban, but now with the tragedy in Lewiston, the massacre, not a tragedy, a deliberate massacre, just like Hamas perpetrated in Israel, he has this to say.
4: Now, we could be in full control, among many other misjudgments. I have opposed efforts to ban deadly weapons of war, like the assault rifle used to carry out this crime. The time has now come for me to take responsibility for this failure, which is why I now call on the United States Congress to ban assault rifles like the one used by the sick perpetrator of this mass killing in my hometown of Lewiston, Maine. For the good of my community, I will work with any colleague to get this done in the time that I have left in Congress. To the people of Lewiston, my constituents throughout the second district, to the families who lost loved ones, and to those who have been harmed, I ask for forgiveness and support as I seek to put an end to these terrible shootings. In the days to come, I will give everything I have to support this community's recovery. Thank you.
1: You will find out right after the break from Michael Bailey, our great sponsor, that Allison Gill is a superstar podcaster for a reason. She is genuine. She's outspoken. You're going to enjoy that. After she's done, after I have a great talk with our troubadour about current events, I want to play some sound for you at the end of a woman named Mandanya Dayani, who is a Jewish woman from Iran, what they used to call Persia, and what she lived with as an Iranian Jew, and what she heard. Iran is an existential threat to all of us, in my opinion. And that's where I've made common bond with people on the right before, because I think there are some problems with getting along with people who hate Jews. And I think some people are taught to hate Jews. And we have an example in Colorado, I'll play at the end of this show, where a Colorado clergyman named Mitchell kind of goes wild on the Jews, saying we're a bunch of monkeys, can't be trusted, and teaching that. To little guys in Aurora, that's the end of this show. That's frightening. Alison Gill is a cause for hope because, spoiler alert, she believes and she reads everything that Donald Trump will be in prison this time a year from now. I told her I took out a year-long subscription to her on Patreon because I mean, how much longer will this battle go? When is the finish line? There is just no stopping Alison Gill, also known as Muller She Wrote. Please enjoy. And if you like my show, please subscribe. I like a five-star review on Apple, if possible, if you feel it. And some nice words go a long way. I love everything about Alison Gill. And I consider myself, I don't know, like a double-A affiliate of a major league team. I want to help her and her colleagues and everybody listening right now to understand the truth about what happened to America. And some of it flowed right out of Colorado. At least that's my theory, backed up by data, backed up by litigation, backed up by podcasts, backed up by columns. If you like me, follow me in the Colorado sun. Thank you. Enjoy. Uh, LLC.com.
0: Now back to The Fred Silverman Show.
1: Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump if you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig 303 734 7156. 303 734 7156. I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Who are you calling a Skywalker? Your son. It's not my son. It's a dog. It's okay. Dogs can be what sons. What are you calling me? You know, some people call Jews dogs and monkeys. No, I never heard that. Not monkeys. Are you kidding me? A Jewish dog seems
7: to ring a bell somewhere. <laughs> anyway,
1: let's end at the end of the show. You could be show. called worse. I always liked monkeys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just worry about what Elon Musk does to a monkey. He uh, does experiments. Oh. That Neuralink thing? No. Well, does, that, does that sound good to you? What? Having a a chip implanted in your brain by Elon Musk? No. Well good. You still have some intelligence. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Well, you've been so busy, you went back east. Did that go good? It went well, yeah.
7: We had a family reunion. Rachel was able, my daughter was able to join me, my younger daughter. Sarah, being a nurse and everything, couldn't quite pull that off. But they're both coming out this week for my, I understand. my big birthday right, so and Sarah's birthday. Uh, okay, do you want to reveal that you're turning 80? No, but 70 I will reveal because that's Seriously? the truth. I'll be turning 70 on
1: November 5th. Nobody would believe it. But you're so busy, we missed making apple pie, and I just took a little stroll without you. You were so busy with your remodeling business, lookout renovation, that I plucked four apples, and I'm taller than you, so I get the better apples, but I share with you. So, how Thank about you. That's kind. How, how do you like these apples?
7: <laughs> you mean them apples? Them apples. <laughs> I like them. Which uh, ones I you want to see you juggle those things.
1: I can't do four to They time. look great, either, either, either All right, bunch. So, yeah. dealer's choice. Thank you. All right. That one has a wormhole in You should have right. looked. All right. So, Okay, here's some good news. You ready?
7: Yes, I'm ready for good news, Craig. Well,
1: first of all, this is the greatest podcast ever. We we might have a record audience. You know why? Why? Allison Gill was on.
7: Okay. I she's a big Mueller, she wrote. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, she's got a media empire. She is one of the most uh, intelligent, articulate, major league podcasters around. She's built an empire.
7: Man, you get some good you get some good guests. Yeah. I know. Rabbi Foster last week was well, amazing. Yeah. And this well, one that's looking your forward show.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's more national. Oh, that's great. Rabbi that's Foster good. was great. I got a lot of downloads, and everybody likes Rabbi Foster. Yeah. He's got a big congregation. If you missed it last week, I've had some rabbis on of late. And... I've got some more coming up at the end of this show. The very end, some disturbing sound where a clergyman in Aurora told third graders that Allah did turn Jews into monkeys. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Okay. Now, can you keep up with all the Trump trials?
7: You mean all four?
1: Well, tell me what you know. How many are there?
7: (laughs) I probably don't have them all. Uh, I mean, there's uh, there's the documents, one. Yeah, Right. Yeah. That's Judge federal, Cannon, that's, that's federal. gonna stall out. There's forever. the there's right. there's the New York fraud. Good one. One.
1: That's civil.
7: Right. That's civil. The, okay, the, and
1: that's going on right now. Yes, the it is. Right. With James,
7: the, the attorney general there.
1: Right. Yeah. What's She's your birthday it? again?
7: November 5th.
1: That's right around when Trump and his son Eric and his son Donald. Yeah. And today it's ordered his daughter Imanka. In a row, right around your birthday, they have to testify. Could be good. In a New York courtroom. Oh, it's going to be great. Let's go.
7: federal. And then there's, the, of course, the January 6th um, insurrection. Jack and, and, Smith. His, and his complicit, complicity. Complicity. Complicity, thank you.
1: Okay, that's three. And a conspiracy, too. I mean, that's right, the one. the, the that's conspiracy. Three. And you're forgetting Bonnie Willis, Fulton County.
7: All oh, right. Okay. And did
1: you hear who pled guilty this week down there? Uh, Cohen. My former friend. No, Cohen pled guilty a long time ago. Okay, so Cohen did. Test oh, Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis. Jenna
7: Ellis. I heard her. I heard her whimpering on the. I don't on, yeah. know
1: that many lawyers no. who have done that.
7: She said she, in retrospect, if she knew then what she knows now, she wouldn't have done. There's it. a
1: song in that, right? Yeah, I think so. If I knew, if I knew now what I knew then, mm-hmm. or what I didn't know then. <laughs> You wrote the best damn song. We're about to play it. And I hope there's a big crowd, because I think that's one of your best efforts. And it fits what's going on kind of between the GOP and the rest of us. Like, wow, you elected this guy, Mike Johnson? He's Jenna Ellis, but he's a male. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, Chris, he's a white Christian nationalist.
7: Right. He was a... Uh... He was like one of the architects of the whole big lie, yeah, wasn't he? And really, he, and yeah. He's a
1: fairly competent lawyer, better than Jen Ellis, Better spoken, right? Better looking. No offense, Jen but come on, he he, he puts on a smooth persona, like you know. a guy he used to do radio with. Right. Okay. I mean, picture that. But with even he went to LSU. Dan went to D.U. you law for a while, but he went to see you law too. Anyway, I'm just saying these guys can be very persuasive until you start listening to what they're saying and what they're advocating.
7: Right. Yeah. So he's got himself in a position of power now. Right. Well, he's better than Jordan, isn't he?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know why? Because Jordan was such a puppet of Trump. This guy, Trump's going to get jealous of him. You know what I mean? No. Why? Why? Because it will be power. like you—you've got your ego with your guitar, and and all <laughs> of a sudden you you give a guy some power, and and he can play the guitar better than you, and his voice might have some octaves you don't, you know. And it's like you get jealous. Don't get off the stage, man. I don't like you. I, you don't have a good patter with the audience, so you make something up. You don't get along with the drummer, right? Something. I, I think this guy will be harder to control, but he did work with Trump on the election den- right. denial thing. Right. That's the big lie. They they went all along with it. Ken Buck, who once had the good sense to fire Jen Ellis right. in Weld County. Yeah. He went on every show saying, I'm not going to back Jim Jordan because he's an election denier. Right. And walking down the hall, they said, hey, Ken Buck won't vote for you because you're an election denier. Are you? And he said, "Well, Hubbard above it." Yeah, what they said. And then Buck said, "I'm not voting for him." And he didn't. Right. But then this guy Johnson's the same thing. What does Buck say? Total silence. Okay. What does Dan Kellest?
7: It's because they, it's because Buck probably, like so many other govern you know, so many other legislators, not just the Republicans, wanted to have some closure here. We we needed a, a speaker, right? So, I mean, the United States so, needed a Speaker of the House. Right.
1: So, we'll give in to the big lie.
7: Maybe. Maybe that's what he's doing.
1: Right. Yeah. You have to say, I believe this. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Donald Trump got screwed out of the election. I believe that immigration is going to ruin us and there are a bunch of terrorists coming in. And maybe there are. I don't know. But I'm just saying that it's like fundamental to their beliefs now. Right. Right. And uh, some of it could be rational. Some of it might not be. I don't know. I would never put my religion on anybody. Would you put your religion on anybody else?
7: I don't think I have yet.
1: Right. Except I our kids, not, no. of course. Right, But uh, we well, expose not, it. To-
7: in Judaism, that's really proselytizing is really not not part of the, not anything that we're ever taught right? to do. Whereas there's other religions like, that it's fundamental to their to their yes, growth. Yes, that is, they have
1: to spread the word. Right, yeah. And the best Christians try to do it through love and good example. And yeah. that's beautiful. And yeah. Jesus seems like a cool guy. He was not, he was peaceful. He's peaceful, yeah. Yes, yeah. loving.
7: And loving, yes. And right. F- thought of others as brothers.
1: Right. And I think that's part of why Jews have flourished in America because... Of, a, of some loving acceptance, especially of Jewish people, right? Right. In Israel, not so much. Bad neighborhood. And they're a great example, the one true prophet of God, he just, I mean, can we tell the truth about his life? Or is that just off limits? I mean, that that he, he, he was a warlord. He was 180 degrees from Jesus. Anyway, I just think it's it's tough. You write a song called The Heart of Understanding, and I hate to bring you down on a Friday evening, but my God, there's shit that happened in Maine at a bowling alley, at a bar, a kind of place where I bet they had a band like you guys, and you know Maine about a thousand times better than most people. What are your thoughts, Dave Condon? Well, this is all terrible shit to talk about, but come on, help me.
7: I wish I could. I mean, it's 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 just it's more heartbreaking news. I you know in the midst of a lot a lot of other heartbreaking news. You know, it's uh like like I'm not helping you. Br- I'm not now, helping us bring ourselves out of this. I but know, no, but, but, I
1: mean, but uh, when you heard "man," what do you think about?
7: No, I mean my my sister my my sister j- j- is moving there. She just bought a house. My sister and brother in law, and um, and then my niece lives there with her husband, so um, no, and we go there every yeah, year. Yeah, the we, one time
1: we, I've ever been there was with you. Yeah,
7: we go there every year. and um, It's
1: such a peaceful, nice place but the lobster restaurants. It's like I didn't
7: really think about Maine. This could have been any town USA. Right. Anywhere USA.
1: Did you keep up with the politics of this guy as expressed on social media? No. It's always the same crap and i got this from alison gill that's why she has such great show and i'm going to leave you with this as we think about this dirtbag who had a bunch of right wing policies what do you think are the five characteristics of of a fascist takeover any right wing government
7: you mean what they believe yeah will, what do they believe in?
1: yeah what are the things that you say yep that's part of it.
7: Well, you know, the um, tolerance for uh, the LGBT
1: yes, community. Yes, perfect. This is courtesy is, of John saying who has on podcast. Would definitely
7: not be there because right. it's not in their religious.
1: Gay community. is bad. That's one of them. Yes. Okay.
7: All right. Guns are good. <laughs> That's
1: another. Vi- yes. Violence um, gun, is good. Yeah. Violence okay if if it's uh, by the right people. Yes.
7: Right. Immigration. Yes. Um, Unchecked immigration would be be, uh, up up there on the list. Right,
1: because God likes us better. Okay. Okay? And then they have women are second class, generally speaking, every, every... Right-wing right wing that, society. That's
7: part of so many. That's 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 a part of Orthodox Judaism. Of that course, doesn't really I'm talking about well, them too. It doesn't sit well with I'm me either. I'm talking
1: about the right wing yeah. of the Jews too. Yeah. Absolutely. And and then you have sex is bad except for procreation. Right. And even though you believe in that, you don't force that on anybody, right? Except no. your daughters. I'm
7: all for procreation.
1: Yes. You are pro creation. You created a great family. You've created great music. Let's let everybody listen to your song, Hard of Understanding, which uh, I like your line. It's perfectly clear. I know you can hear. And I bet after you listen to Allison Gill on our show, you will start subscribing to the rest of her shows. She's really? just that okay. good. Well, All right. I look forward to it. All right, troubadours, Shabbat shalom. And Shabbat shalom,
7: back at you.
1: lawyer I know because he's my lawyer. He's Michael Bailey. I think you pioneered this mobile estate planning and lots of lawyers are doing it now. And boy, are your clients happy and satisfied. It's convenient for the client.
0: It certainly is fun to be able to go and visit people where they are, whether it's at your house or at one of the offices, just to make it more convenient for you. And then it's more fun for me because I get to go out and about and meet people all over the place and help them out.
1: What's the website, Michael?
0: It is mobileestateplanning.com.
1: What's the best phone number to call?
0: 720-394-6887 is my direct line.
1: Michael Bailey, that's our lawyer. Trish loves him. I do too. Thanks, Michael.
0: You're welcome, Craig.
1: Hey, everybody, for all of your legal needs, why not start with me, 734-7156, 303-734-7156. I've been practicing law in Colorado for over 42 years, and I know a lot of people. And if I can't do right by you, I can steer you in the right direction. My number, 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, a voice for people with legal difficulties. What a thrill to be with Dr. Allison Gill. I'm not sure what to call you, A.G., Allison, Dr. Gill. I mean, I do wake up with you every morning. Allison's fine. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Allison, I'm so starstruck to be with you because there are three podcasts that I really enjoy and you are part of all of them. I enjoy a few more, including my own, but Clean Up on Aisle 45 with Pete Struck. I love it when he cusses and uh, your chemistry is fantastic. And then there's Jack, which you do with attorney Andy McCabe. He is funny, smart, so are you. But every day I wake up to the Daily Beans. Usually you have Dana Goldberg on with you, but recently she's touring the country and uh, you have fabulous guests. Thank you for being such a source of education, enlightenment, and
5: entertainment for me. Well, thank you. I have to say the same about your show. I think it's incredibly valuable and informative. And I'm a little bit starstruck to be here as well. So I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Wow.
1: What is your motivation to do this? I, of course, every Sunday, I'd walk the dogs, listen to Mueller, she wrote. We were hoping for so much more out of Robert Mueller. But if you read the report, it's all right there. It's just Well, you talk about it. That's how you got started in podcasting. Tell my audience a little about your background.
5: Sure. Uh, Well, my background is uh, I'm a Navy veteran. I had a very brief career in the Navy, only a couple of years back in the 90s. And uh, after that, I spent about 10 or 15 years working in the private industry. And then in about 2007, uh, 2008, when Obama was running for president and he Uh, urged us all to be of service to our country, you know, the old JFK, ask not what your country can do for you. So I decided to apply to work at the Department of Veterans Affairs, which I did for over 10 years, I think 11 years. And that's when I started the Mueller She Wrote podcast. And it was right around that time that the Trump administration decided to uh, investigate my podcast. And then Removed me from my job using the old Mick Mulvaney trick where they move people across the country to get them to quit uh, or be fired, I should say. Uh, And and since then, I've I've been podcasting. And the whole reason I do this, Craig, is because I think it's important that people be informed of what's going on in our justice system with regard to protecting the pillars of democracy, including the Fourth Estate uh, and including the Department of Justice. And I wanted to make the news palatable and easy to understand. Everybody was so, I think, either depressed or were given anxiety by the way that the news was being presented. And I didn't think it was being done in a very long-form or contextual way. And so I thought I I thought it was important that everybody be informed, but also not want to die (laughs) in the process. So that was my whole purpose. And And since then, my purpose is still that, but it's also kind of morphed into encouraging other people to tell their stories and to report the news so that we can democratize the new media landscape to help push the legacy media to do better and and save itself from potential autocracy, which is, as we know, in a dictatorship, the free press is the first thing to go. So it would behoove them to to adapt a little. Uh, And I think that that's Uh, something that all of us picking up a microphone and telling our stories and, and delivering the news through the lens of our lived experiences, our diverse lived experiences will help do. I went to law school
1: and yet I study you and you're reading comprehension of all these cases going on at one time. How invaluable you would be as a colleague to any trial lawyer. I was a prosecutor for 16 years you've got the skills and you read so much you comprehend it and then you transmit it to the public where did you get those skills they're crazy legal skills your your ability to do legal analysis is really better than any
5: non-lawyer I've ever encountered I first of all that's a huge compliment thank you so much because I know your background and coming from you that is uh I'm 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 humbled by by those remarks. I think it's uh, you know, I was starting at a very, very early age. I was um, I was taught classical music. I'm, I'm a classically trained musician. And that allowed me later on to pick up the guitar and teach myself how to play guitar. I think that just being well read or or having a even not not even necessarily being well read, but just having the ability to to absorb and then translate or explain things to to folks I guess allowed me to I'm kind of a self-taught legal analyst in that in that way. I think it just has to do with you know a lot of the ways that I was brought up. Um, it, it, maybe it's in my DNA. You know, my dad was a a crypto tech in the air force, so he would, he would intercept Russian messages, decrypt them, translate them, and then re-encrypt them and send them to, to Clark air force base in the Philippines. So uh, maybe it's in my DNA to be able to do that, but it's just something that I've always been able to do. And, and starting that Mueller podcast, Man, reading all those legal filings, reading all the indictments, I think it's just a matter of of practice. Um, you know, you put enough hours into something, eventually you get good at it. Right. But some people get sleepy reading legal pleadings. Some people
1: get stimulated and you do, you pick out the nuggets. And oh my gosh, just like your father, you're dedicated to saving America. Thank you for that. But I'm wondering if it ever gets too big for you. I mean, the conspiracy is so large. It's got a Colorado component. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about. I was listening to you with Politics Girl, another great podcast. You bring up Mick Mulvaney. I did interview that guy. We'll talk about that another day. Sitting right across from him on the grounds of the White House. And he's kind of a slick operator who's tried to move away from Trump now, but I hate what they did to you. And uh, this is what they get in return. And that's benefit for us. But how much do you know about my theory that the big lie flowed out of Colorado, just like the great rivers of the United States?
5: Oh, I think this is an interesting theory because, I mean, are we going back are we going back earlier than Mesa County? I mean, because yes. there's so much yes. that comes out of Colorado. Of yes, the premeditated plot
1: to blame Dominion. And and I'll tell you where I'm going is that I'm able to follow in my home court, Denver District Court, the case of Dr. Eric Coomer, a big executive with Dominion, who is suing uh, Sidney Powell, Jenna, or not Jen Ellis, excuse me, Sidney Powell, Rudy
5: Giuliani, Joe Altman. How much do you know about Joe Altman? Oh, um, not too much. I mean, a little bit on the surface because of the Dominion lawsuits uh, and the connection there. But you have a, a much more fruitful, you are a font of knowledge on that. Well, I know, but you'd agree that one of the holy grails
1: is getting inside the Willard Hotel, right? On on the 5th and the 6th.
6: hmm
1: Yes. And it's been widely reported, backed up by pictures and admissions by Altman, that he was there. Did you know that? And he even got some Trump arranged meeting with State Department officials during
5: that time period? Yeah. And uh, yes, because I was looking into that briefly when we were talking about, if you remember on some of the episodes, talking about how Mark Meadows was sort of talked out of going there by Cassidy Hutchinson. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Joe Altman
1: was part of this inner sanctum. And what he did is he had a partner named Max, and they did a, a podcast called Conservative Daily that was so popular, I never heard of them, even though they broadcast out of Metro Denver. But then suddenly, Altman was brought into the Salem Media Channel where I worked, as an advertiser, and he got on air with a guy named George Brockler, and pretty soon he was there. Now, Dr. Eric Coomer was working his job at Dominion in Denver, okay? And he was probably a fan of Mueller, she wrote. He kind of sized up Donald Trump, and he posted about it on Facebook, et cetera, kind of like you would see uh, once I realized how bad Donald Trump is. So they targeted him. They needed a scapegoat. They knew they were going to lose the election. They knew Dominion was in a lot of the swing states, and they had a headquarters in Denver with an executive named Coomer, and they explored his social media and saw this vulnerability. So wouldn't you know it that a week after Donald Trump's election loss day, Joe Altman goes on various media, including his own podcast, and then escorted onto the Salem stations mid-November to say, guess what? I intercepted an Antifa call. I have these kind of skills. There was a guy named Eric. I figured out he was Eric Coomer from Dominion. And when somebody said, we're worried Trump will win, he said, don't worry about it. We've got that taken care of. Now, that can sound stupid, which it is, but people took him seriously, including Steve Bannon types. And eventually, the Trump family started tweeting about Eric Coomer and his social media and this and that, and Dominion is Crooked. But it was all a setup by these guys. And why didn't he talk about it earlier? And it, it just made no sense. And nobody asked him hard questions. and these hard questions are now being asked in Denver District Court, where Sidney Powell is one of the defendants and might start talking about her role in all of this. Some people have pleaded out, including Newsmax, OAN, but Salem is being sued. And uh, Eric Metaxas, kind of a white Christian nationalism host on Salem. And they're all connected to Jen Ellis. I'll shut up a little and I just wanted to add to your knowledge and because it's big and I know you have a
5: big brain, but have you heard about any of this? No. And thank you. We sort of at the, you know, in Jack and the Daily Beans and even going back to Mueller, she wrote um, most of what uh, we report on is, is the, the federal uh, at the federal level, but also, and then on cleanup on, on aisle 45 at the Fulton County level but, I, you know, I can't help but wonder, as you tell me all this, um, how Sydney Powell's guilty plea may help with all of this. Yes. Now, of course, she's now saying she was extorted into it or whatever. Uh, I don't know how that's going to fly. With, I mean, she could blow up her plea deal. And, you know, I've talked to Pete about this on several occasions. If anybody's going to blow up the plea deal, it's going to be Sidney Powell. I mean, she orchestrated blowing up Flynn's plea deal. That's why Trump had to disown her as a lawyer so that he wasn't conflicted when he pardoned her client a couple of days after uh, she was booted publicly from from the Trump legal team. But I'd be very interested to see uh, how it helps that lawsuit the Sidney Powell uh, guilty plea, admitting that it was at all BS. So that's fascinating. Right. She came to Colorado, worked
1: out of the Randy Corporan Law Office. He's now getting sued. He's also a host at Salem. Michelle Malkin has been sued. She's kind of dropped out of sight, but she hosted Joe Altman to spin this tale defaming Dr. Eric that he Fix the election. It's the same lawsuit that Fox ended up paying out on. But what I found fascinating, having been a member of the Denver radio media for 15 years, that while Joe Altman was brought to the Salem affiliate and put on the George Brockler show and the Peter Boyle show, and this all spelled out in the lawsuit, simultaneously, Jenna Ellis, who I know and worked with for many years, she went on another old employer of mine, 630K, how Dan Kaplan's show. This is mid-November, right after the ghost signal from Rudy and Donald. They're going to go through with this big lie. And she starts spewing, stop this deal. And the host vouches for Jenna's the best lawyer in the world. And I'm like, what the hell? And I I spoke to the New York Times about her. I was about a part of that original article In December, I warned her in the Colorado Sun, December 2020, you're going to go to jail. You're going to get in trouble over this. I knew this lady back when she used to demean Donald Trump when she was on the air with me. So she's an interesting character. What do you make of Jenna Ellis
5: and were those crocodile tears in your view? Well, I think I think we just learned today through some reporting that she was actually uh, fired from her job and was able to apply for unemployment benefits because it was determined that she was, quote, too dumb to be fired for cause, unquote. Do you know so, do you know who fired her? I don't know. Kent, I Ken Buck,
1: oh. representative Ken <laughs> Buck <laughs> was the World <laughs> County DA. There's a big article I'll send you out of the Colorado Sun. We broke that story, too. And that's several years ago. So I know it's, it's so big. And Jen Ellis is a small part. But I knew her when she didn't like Trump. Sidney Powell's a wacko. She used to be on 710, not on my show. But I've followed these lawyer characters just like you are. But it's got a lot of
5: Colorado stuff that I would not expect you to know. Yeah, it, it, it sure seems to. And, and you know, Jenna Ellis, I think they were crocodile tears. I think they were like a Kyle Rittenhouse tears. I remember this past May, I think Jenna Ellis shared a social media post saying nobody cares for veterans more than President Trump. And I think I replied with something like, oh, please, you know, please. Uh, and then she replied to me. Um, this is, I think, May of this past of this year, she said, "Cry more." Um, so I uh, I took that tweet, put it in my pocket. Uh, I knew it would come in handy later. And in August, when she was indicted, I said, "Who's crying now?" I think I called her a fart target. Uh, I said, "Yeah, who's crying now?" And then, of course, we get her uh, letter of apology, and I put "apology" in air quotes because she didn't take any responsibility. She blamed other lawyers for her due diligence failures you know, 50 million people knew and she says she didn't know. I just, I just don't buy it. Uh, But, you know, she, she cried on national television. The lady who told me to cry more cried on national television. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, cause she is the only one that's pled out that is on the hook for additional proffer interviews. Everybody else just had to make a statement and sign an apology letter But she is actually on the hook for additional proffer interviews. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can uh, extract from those proffer sessions.
1: Right. And she's thrown some hard punches at Donald Trump. I know this lady. She did it on the radio before somehow she decided to fall in with him after he got the nomination. But I think she could be a big problem for him, depending on what she knows. And she knows Rudy And that fart target by you, that's why people listen to you. You come up with expressions that are beyond belief every damn show. But you know what does make you and me feel like crying? Is Speaker Mike Johnson. Tell us your Mm.
5: thoughts. Well, given that they have a very slim majority and that any legislation would have to be passed overcoming a filibuster in the Senate, and that anything that even passed the Senate would have to be signed by President Biden. I think that the harm that this will do to the Republican Party outweighs the danger of having such a fascist as as Mike Johnson be Speaker of the House. This was going to be an albatross around their necks in 2024. I don't know why they thought this would be a good idea. He was also touting the Dominion hugo chavez venezuela lies he uh he thinks he 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 likens abortion to the holocaust i mean he's so christo-fascist and right-wing and election denier all wrapped up into one everything that the voters have made clear over the last two election cycles that they reject resoundingly and in the in the 30 or 40 or so elections we've had in the meantime that democrats have won by an average of 11 points Uh, it's is just it it's mind-boggling how deep they keep digging their own graves and
1: that Sidney powell joe Altman, dominion bullshit wasn't his quote that it had a lot of merit he could have been in on the planning because that dominion hit was premeditated and this guy is connected to trump but here's what I fantasize about, Allison, which is this. I think he's a younger, much smarter, much better spoken version of a fascist. And I agree, he is a bad guy. But Trump's going to get jealous of this guy because he can't speak as well. And he doesn't like the Republicans rallying around a new guy. Don't you see the tension Coming and he did on January 6th. This is as brave as this weak stick lawyer ever got, graduated LSU. I'm sure he's plenty smart, but he kind of planned it. He didn't realize maybe he was going to get that far and he was going to be in trouble. And he went on TV on January 6th, in effect, saying, where the hell are you, Donald Trump? And
5: eventually, don't you see some tension between those two? Oh, absolutely. He's younger, he's better looking, he's smarter. They're they're gonna glom onto him. He is the he is the younger, smarter, more adept fascist that we have been fearing will come onto the scene. However, I want to bring something up. I think that his, I think it'll be a 15 minutes of fame situation. Because first of all, I think Trump will be in prison by the time the election rolls around. But let's say somehow he's not. And let's say they somehow try another January 6th. They're the new Congress is seated on January third, twenty twenty-five. So he will not be, uh, hopefully, if we if we do our jobs and and we you know are relying on the incredible legal work of folks like Mark Elias at Democracy Docket, hopefully, uh, and I and I think we'll be able to get the House back. He will not be Speaker of the House on January sixth, and so I, I just wanted to sort of make it clear that to voters. We can stop him from being the Speaker of the House on January 6th when the electoral votes are counted in 2025. So let's let's make that our goal, you know? Right. And I'm politically independent, but
1: it's easy for me now. It's Donald Trump or against Donald Trump. It's MAGA or anti-MAGA. It's fascism or anti-fascism. There are heroes like you, Allison, and I'm hoping and I'm kind of fantasizing that Jack Smith is the hero prosecutor, the guy I want to grow up to be,
5: is he all that? Can he come through for us? Well, we have to remember, as Rachel Maddow said, there's there's no magic bullet here, right? We shouldn't treat prosecutors like Mueller and Jack Smith as messiahs or saviors, uh, because there are 16 different things that need to happen uh, to preserve democracy. There are multiple guardrails. And one of the big ones uh, is, is the voters. You know, I think, I, I believe I said back in the Mueller days, you know, people who were waiting for Mueller to save us from fascism, I, I said, we, the voters, we are the Mullers we've been waiting for. We need to vote in numbers too big to manipulate. And so I, Jack Smith is a prosecutor. And I think that um, depending on your definition of justice, justice will prevail It already has, if you think about it this way, and I know you're a lawyer and I know you will. Once you're indicted, you are in the justice system and justice is being done. Whether you're acquitted or whether you're convicted, justice will be served per our system. And so I think it's important, uh, and we need to take the lessons from the Mueller investigation, that justice isn't always what we want it to look like. As much as we want there to be a tackle and shackle of guys and FBI windbreakers taking down Trump and throwing him in leg irons and putting an orange jumpsuit on him and, uh, you know, trying him for treason and putting him in Guantanamo. I think we need justice means temperance. And I think we need to sort of understand that there's there'll be a trial. There'll be a few, but I think there'll be a trial close to March of next year in D.C. for his attempts to uh, obstruct the peaceful transfer of power and defraud the United States uh, and and participate in a conspiracy against our right to vote and have our vote counted. I think he will be convicted. And I do think he'll be incarcerated. It might not be at Rikers. It might not be in at Guantanamo. It might be on a in a safe house, on a military base where where they put the folks involved in Watergate, the high level folks involved in Watergate, they were incarcerated in something like that. So I think we have to kind of, understand what justice looks like. And I hope we've learned from the Mueller investigation that it doesn't always go 100% the way you want, and it's never black and white. Right. But
1: I love your confidence. And I don't want to be a downer, but I've never seen a guy obstruct justice like this. And I don't think he's going to let a trial happen. And I think he has allies in that regard in the courts. We probably don't have time for Clarence and Jenny Thomas. But Vladimir Putin, And I want to talk to you about this because some of the people who piss me off the most say, oh, yeah, he's got no Russia connection. And it was established by the Mueller report. And that's pure bullshit. Even Michael Cohen this week, you know, he was trying to build the biggest skyscraper in the world in Moscow and name it Trump Tower. He's been working with Putin. I think he's compromised by Putin. And I think those two guys will even launch missiles wherever they have to at whatever courthouse to make sure that their indictments never actually go to a jurist i think
5: that they i think that they will i think judge Chutkin is a competent jurist uh i will, will i mean you know we will see what happens and we'll see soon sooner than than we thought we would back a couple of years ago when this whole thing went down but you know that's why i was targeted by donald trump And my podcast was investigated is because I was providing a very loud, clear narrative against the spin that that Billy Barr and Donald Trump were trying to put in the minds of the voters, that he was completely exonerated by the Mueller report. And it was the month that the Mueller report was set to come out and that I put out a 20 part series going over the Mueller report. In ways that folks could easily understand, so that everybody would have an understanding of what Mueller found. And then, as soon as that was done, that's when I was uh, the fact finding investigation into my podcast began. So, it's the timing is suspect, but. And there were many others, you know, trying to. We had Rachel Maddow, we had a lot of independent journalists out there trying to push back and say, no, this, 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 he's not exonerated. But then we had members of the legacy media getting it wrong from the New York Times to NBC reporting that he was completely exonerated and there was no collusion. They were using a, a term of, uh, they were using collusion, which is not a term of art in any of the things that, that uh, Mueller was investigating. So that's usually, you know, an antitrust word. So, I think our jobs as independent journalists are to do our best to combat misinformation from the right. And and so that you know that's why I'm I'm so glad to be here uh, today talking to you because I think that your your show is is so in- informative and is one of the one of the ones that helps push back on those narratives and helps combat that disinformation. Right. Every
1: time Donald Trump says Russia, 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 or puts that in a post, it's really a confession. He tries to say it sarcastically, but I saw Helsinki. We all did. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you, you can just witness so much of Trump and yet it gets spun. And we've got a big problem. It's called Twitter or X and Elon Musk. I know you're on it. I'm on it. And yet it feels like I'm writing out a confession that will be read to me in a gulag someday. Why are we still on there?
5: Um I, I don't want to seed the ground yet. I don't want to I don't want to give up the fight. I consider I consider Twitter to be a, a battlefield of information of sorts and and I it's an uphill battle. You know, I am constantly swarmed by by bots that will mass follow me and mass unfollow me and that ends up harming my reach by lowering my credibility score. And uh, you know, I, I'm not going to give him eight dollars for a blue check mark so that my replies show up first before anybody else's. But I, you know, despite all that, I still get pretty good traction on Twitter. I've developed a good community there, and you know, I'm I'm on all the other social media networks because the minute he starts charging us to even be there, I'm out. Owt. But because uh, I'm not giving him my financial information about <laughs> you, but. Right. That's, you know, I I consider it a a battleground, an information battleground. And I need to stay there to continue to fight against the disinformation machine, which is getting harder, I'll admit, to battle. I agree with you 100%. I'll tell you where I did give money and I'd encourage
1: everybody to Patreon for the first time because I wanted to support Alison Gill. And I signed up for a year because that's under three bucks a month. And I figure... Well, we should be on for another year. It's going to be the end of October. The election will be the next week. What happens after the election?
5: Are you frightened? No, no. I'll keep reporting the news, um, whatever the outcome is. Uh, we, you know, a lot of people thought if Biden won in twenty twenty, that's it. We got to pack up our podcasts. We're done. We saved the world. Obviously, not uh, not the case. Uh, autocracy it needs to be soundly and uh, defeated, and uh, that's going to take quite a while. And I'll, I'll keep reporting the news uh, as long as I can. I know. But what if Trump wins? I don't. I try, like I said, Trump will be in prison.
1: Well, I, I pray that's true. But are you fearful? I mean, they already came after you in certain ways. Look what they do to nabalny You know, Trump's pal Putin. This is the autocracy we're talking about. These are the stakes. And you are courageous as hell because you are a leader you are in the major leagues. I want to help you from Colorado. You've got so many other states and so many other people reporting to you. How did you get Pete Strzok and Andy McCabe, those two major leaguers, to join forces with you? Can you give us just a little behind the scenes and tell us where you guys like to get your news and your podcasts?
5: Sure. Well, with with Andy, Andy and I became friends in in 2019 when his book came out. I did an eight part series on his book, The Threat, and he invited me to a a, a book talk that he gave, and uh, became friends with him and Jill and his family. Just incredible uh, people, wonderful, amazing, smart, brave, uh, and courageous uh, people. And so he, you know, he came on my Mueller she wrote podcast quite a bit. And then also uh, met Pete Strzok the same way, uh, had him come on, uh, covered his book, Compromised and became friends. And, and, you know, we chat all the time. And so when it came up that there was going to be another special counsel uh, investigation into Donald Trump, everybody uh, reached out. I was like, I'm not doing another podcast, but I got so much so many requests from people, please, please do a podcast because the way that you present the information is important. We, we need you. And that was, that rang like that Obama called a service back in 2008. So I, um, I called up, I called up Andy and I said, what would you think about doing a podcast with me on? At first I was just going to do it. By myself, or maybe have a comedian friend join me, like I did in the early mother days. But then, you know, my my ma- my manager, my business manager said, Allison, you know some really powerful, amazing people. Why don't you ask them? And it just had didn't occur to me. I think it's probably imposter syndrome, but it didn't occur to me. But then, you know, I was like, well, it, what worst they could say is no. So I called up Andy and he's like, Heck yeah, I'm in. I'm in. And so that's that's how that's how that went down and i'm I'm so honored to be able to host a podcast with If you had told me six years ago when I was sitting at my kitchen table starting the Mueller podcast, that I would be hosting another podcast in five years' time about another Trump special counsel investigation with Andy McCabe, i would I would have I would have laughed you out of the room. And then when uh, my co-host uh, departed from the clean up on aisle forty five podcast. I I was like, I guess I was just so, I was so, I was like, Hey, Andy said, yes, maybe I can get Pete Strzok to host this one with me. And so I called him up and he, he was in.
1: And it's uh, podcasting magic. You guys are enormous. You are all major leaguers. You made certain decisions that I respect. One, it's so fun to look at you. We're doing this over zoom, but I have an audio-only podcast, and you do it by and large that way. And uh, how did you make that decision?
5: Probably just not wanting to get up every day and do hair and makeup. And, uh, you know, there's, it's called, <laughs> my my friends, uh, female friends and I who are in this business, it's called, we call it a glam tax, that, you know, you have to be a, a certain, look a certain way, and there's a lot of makeup involved. And, I was like, you know, it just sounds, uh, it's the message that's important. You know, the old adage, 90% is how you look or 80% is how you look 10, you know, 10% is how you, right. um, sound and, uh, the, the rest is, is what you say. And I, I really wanted the message to be the focus. So that's, that's kind of why I stuck with audio. And that's why my, my entire podcast network is just audio. I know video is the thing, but, um. I think, I think I'd like to concentrate on the message. I totally agree. Now, do you get
1: bothered if people speed you up? Because I don't. I talk, to, I, w- I talk way too slow, but I am a court reporter's dream because they can do their job, file their nails, whatever. So I think like 1.7, even two is good by me. Are you offended if people speed you up? Because I confess, I do a little. No,
5: no. In fact, some people ask me to to slow down. But you know what's really fun is if you listen to me at half speed, I sound like the drunk lady at the bar talking politics. Um, that's always a fun time. If you if you get a chance to listen to any of our podcasts on half speed, especially when Dana's on and we're laughing, it really it's really funny.
1: <laughs> and would you say your show is R rated, especially with Dana? They're a PG
5: PG thirteen. I would I would say PG thirteen. They're swearing, and you know there's some uh, content in the good news uh, that could that might trickle over into the rated R range. But you know we have so many listeners in our incredible community, by the way, which we call the Leguminati. This community of amazing listeners, creators, activists, uh, just beautiful, beautiful audience that we have, and they often listen with their kids. And uh, we get a lot of, um, uh, you know, shout outs to, to their kids and uh, the kids wanting to join them at, at live shows. And I've met so many of them. It's it's really, truly uh, an incredible community. So it's pretty family friendly, as long as you don't mind an F-bomb here or there, which, you know, I think most people can tolerate.
1: No, it is a great community. And I just joined and I'm going to let you go because I learned a little behind the scenes on a Friday afternoon is when you apparently record Jack. I love to listen first thing on Sunday, although sometimes it comes out Saturday night in Colorado. And now that I'm a member, will I get it early? And tell everybody about these cocktail and mocktail parties that I'm going to be attending now. Sure. Our patrons uh, of the Daily
5: Beans, if you're a $5 a month contributor. Okay, you all get- up it up. you get you get the Daily Beans and Jack early and ad free. And and otherwise, it's I think there's a a three dollar it's three three dollars for the Daily Beans by itself. And uh, Clean Up on L45 has a Patreon, too. And if you're a a patron at the two dollar level, you get an extra whole extra episode on the weekends. And that one is a lot more sweary there's a lot more Ah. pete has a swearing jacket and he he goes off on some pretty great rants Ah. but that you know that's patreon.com slash militia wrote and patreon.com slash aisle a i s l e four five p o d aisle 45 pod And, um, but also all of our, all of our content is also, uh, is, is free. You know, all of our main shows are free. We don't, we don't like to have to put a paywall on everything and and some people can't swing it. And we even have a program where you can pay for a year for someone else if you want to and donate a year, a year subscription for 36 bucks. Uh, and that's at dailybeanspod.com. So, I, I appreciate that, um, that you know, people are getting value out of these podcasts because the whole point, again, is to keep everybody informed, inform the electorate, and to do it in a way that it doesn't cause so much anxiety. Right. And you don't have to pay a
1: penny to hear AG on all three of these great shows. I bet you would be pleased as punch as I am if people go on Apple, give you five stars, write a nice review. That's what I'm going to do about this episode, because you made my day, Allison and Gil. We need you to stay strong. Your three podcasts are essential. Your curation of the news every morning, superb. We trust you, and you're a dog lover, too. We love that, too. And uh, you're a Browns fan, is that right? Cleveland Browns?
5: By virtue of having been born in Akron. Yes.
1: All right. Well, I hope you don't resent Denver and the way we've broken your hearts through the years, but I'm telling Uh, you. you,
5: Yeah, go ahead. You know, I I do have a little bit of a, you know, when you, when people say the fumble, we all know what that means. When people say the drive, we all know what that means. Uh, And it all had to do with John Elway, number seven, and your damn Denver Broncos. But you know, it also, also, to be fair, Marty Schottenheimer was the coach. Could have been Marty Ball. Probably was Marty Ball. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Th- things are looking. I'm not going to say good this year. I'll say interesting. But uh, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? It's it's. Well, I do know what's going to happen. We're not going to get to the playoffs. That's what's going.
1: <laughs> well, no, they've had some great comebacks. Your Cleveland team has more character than Denver has shown, but. We're going to make it up to you because I'm telling you this Denver district court case, Coomer versus Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, get Pete Strzok and Andy on it. I've got all the pleadings. They're all public and you will recognize. And these guys have gotten great rulings already in Denver district court and they're on the way. They're on the way to success. I don't think Rudy will have any money left, but there are so many tentacles let me inform you about Colorado. You've been so sweet, Allison. Thank you for your time, and
5: just keep up the good work. Back at you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, it's a it's a labor of love. I, I know that, and uh, I appreciate that you do it. Uh, do it for the people. Well, right, and my great sponsors. I'm lucky in that regard.
1: You know, we we all have our model, and that's. I'm glad to contribute to yours. We want people to listen because. We're trying to tell the truth and warn people. And I love your confidence. I love your confidence that this guy's going to be in prison because that's the only fair way we go forward. The rule of law, he's committed so many crimes. It's just awful that people would still follow him.
5: Thank you, Alison. Yeah, uh, one, one last plug, if I may. Please. Just today, I set up a fund. MSW Media uh, has set up a fund uh, through... Swing left to raise money for the 18, the opponents of the 18 Republicans in Biden districts that voted to elect Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. We can flip those seats. A hundred percent of your donation, we get nothing. A hundred percent of your donation goes to the Biden 18 or their future opponents. And you can find that at swingleft.org fundraise slash how we win Two zero two four. I would appreciate it. Any and and you you can you can guarantee that one hundred percent of your donation is going to go to these eighteen candidates or their future, you know, the the future candidates to to flip those seats and take the house back before January sixth, twenty twenty five. Right,
1: and we don't have to worry about Mike Johnson losing his job because he has his own podcast with his wife who does it, as I understand, on her knees in prayer, right? So, <laughs> so that's a great podcast. I bet everybody's going to be going through the archives of that show. AG, everybody should binge AG every week. She's essential. Allison Gill, thanks a lot. Go to your check. We're looking forward to a great show this Sunday.
5: Thanks so much, Craig. Bye-bye. Michael, of course, is a great
1: sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you?
0: I have two dogs right now as well.
1: And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that.
0: So I will write pet trusts, which is, you can earmark, Money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then, if somebody were to, you know, if you are if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like, I grew up with dogs, and so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well.
1: I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that?
0: It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them.
1: And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them?
0: Yep. And I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to.
1: Tell us how people can get in touch with you.
0: My direct phone number is 720-394-6887. Or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule. You know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website.
1: All right, Michael Bailey. Thank you. okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156, please call Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, 303-734-7156. Holy cow, is that Dave Gunder's musical genius or what? Hard of Understanding, one of my favorites. That man is a poet. Proud to have him as our troubadour. Please subscribe, share, tell a friend. We'd like the word to get out. This is the place where we are going to try to keep telling the truth as long as we can. Thank you to my sponsors. Thank you so much to Allison Gill. Is that woman dedicated or what? Proud to know her. Proud to be a small part of a big group of people who want truth and justice to prevail. Love for that to happen. Thanks for listening. And I don't want to bring you down or anything, but we need to talk about what's happening in the Middle East before we go. And there were some things done and said that are kind of shocking. October 7th, when Hamas sent 3,000 people... Into conduct home invasion, rape, robbery, murder, kidnapping, beheadings, all of that. It's hard for me to talk about, but I've been going against the Islamic Republic of Iran for a long time because I understand where those Ayatollahs are coming from. Fundamentalist Islam is frightening. Muhammad was 180 degrees from Jesus. Not a nice guy, a warlord, and that's the attitude they take, especially to the people they consider occupying Jerusalem, where Muhammad lays claim. And why Muhammad? Because the guy never traveled to Jerusalem, except for a night ride on a white horse named Barak, where he met Jesus, Moses, and everybody agreed he was the one true prophet of Allah, okay? That's their religion, and that's their claim to Jerusalem, the city of David, the religion that long preexisted Islam. Judaism had no beef with Islam. Islam came in as an opposition to Judaism, and I've studied what Muhammad did in the Battle of Chorazah outside of Medina when the Jews would not convert nicely. It was by the sword. And he lopped off their heads at the ditch when they surrendered. So where does this beheading stuff come from? Can you imagine growing up Jewish in Iran? Well, Madonna Dayani did that, and she's lived to talk about it. And boy, is she articulate. I want you to hear from her reacting the day after October 7th, when we didn't know that it's at least 1,400 Israelis killed. And every time we hear about Palestinian deaths, it is awful. And I don't know what the true numbers are. It's like saying Nazi officials report this many casualties in Dresden, which were a lot, I'm sure, but sorry, you lost me at Nazi. So... Hamas dominates every aspect of Gaza because they won one election and then they're done. Sort of like a guy who won one election here. Let's get back to Madonna Dayani. God bless her for telling the truth. So
8: I was born in Iran under um, the same regime that is supporting Hamas right now, and every single morning we were forced um, to chant death to America, death to Israel. And it's almost like shocking to watch these Americans support an organization that wants them dead and hates every single thing about their values. and, and the fact that you're all choosing to support a terrorist organization, and no, you absolutely do not get to fucking rebrand Hamas as something other than a terrorist organization, um, the fact that you're choosing to defend the same people that use suicide bombers and beheading soldiers Um, because somehow you've convinced yourself through all of this propaganda that they're somehow like freedom fighters, um, that they have no choice, is so beyond delusional. You know who had no choice? The six million of my ancestors that were forced into gas chambers. And you know what they never did? They never raped and murdered and kidnapped German children because you don't do that unless you are a barbaric terrorist organization. There are eight hundred Israelis dead, and that number is only going to climb. This is the single highest number of Jews that have died in a single day since the Holocaust. And, you know, they infiltrated a music festival where young kids were celebrating and dancing, and they murdered them, hundreds of them, Um, and raped women as they laid next to the bodies of their murdered friends. They are dragging elderly people with dementia out of nursing homes and holding them hostage. They have someone I mean, like they're they're infiltrating old age homes. They murdered a woman and posted it on the Internet. So at her that's how her family found out. They're using women and children as human shields in Gaza. They're parading bloody brutalized women through Gaza and cheering. They're releasing footage of themselves beheading soldiers. Hamas is doing exactly what they said they were going to do in their charter. And let me read this to you. Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it just as it obliterated others before it. Article seven, the day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews and kill them. When the Jews will hide behind stones and trees, the stones and trees will say, oh, Muslim, O servant, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. Article 13 initiatives and so-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. You think this is liberation, you think this is resistance, you think these are liberal values, you have no idea what that means. This is the savage brutality that you want to defend. I walked away from my entire career and have worked pro bono for five years because I saw the mistreatment of migrants at the border. You sit there and repost terrorist propaganda and somehow think that that makes you an activist or someone with some sort of deranged liberal values. You're going to rallies in Montreal, New York, Paris, and London, and celebrating the death of hundreds and hundreds of Jews that were slaughtered on a religious holiday in their sleep. You think this is liberal? You think this is liberation? You think this is resistance? Where is your humanity? What is happening
1: here? And then we get to this disturbing story, which I'm not going to highlight that much. I'm putting it at the back end of my show, but just to let everybody know that I'm aware of it, and you should be too. There's a Middle East Media Research Institute that has long tracked the virulent anti-Jewish propaganda that's perpetrated on Middle East television, especially in the Palestinian territories. And here they publicize something that's happened in our backyard in Aurora, Colorado. This teacher, this clergyman named Mitchell is instructing like what I'd call the Hebrew school. Like when I was in third or fourth grade and these kids are fidgeting and they put it on Facebook and YouTube, I guess. Nobody's hiding it. But I appreciate the honesty with which this man, Mitchell, sets forth his understanding of the Quran, which really does not have a favorable view of Jews. Muhammad's the hero, not the Jews that he vanquishes. We can read this story, and I have read this story, and I've talked about it before, but this guy knows the Quran better than I do. And listen to what this Colorado clergyman is telling youngsters, and know that I've alerted some people I know and respect in the Islamic community do and say, what the hey? What the hey? What are you teaching your children? And if it's taught in Aurora, what do you think they learn in other parts of the world? And that's not good because I'm a monkey. Elon Musk, doesn't he do those Neuralink experiments on monkeys? Oye. Listen to this, listen to this.
6: And from Beni Israel is what group that we know today? Israel, who do you call today? The Yehud. Who are the Yehud in English terms? Jews, they were given covenants and promises and agreements that they're supposed to what? Follow, and what do they do every single time? They don't obey. They break their covenant. They lie and they break their contract. So I'm gonna ask you, if this is the group of people who broke their rules with Allah, should you trust these people today? Yes. Beni Israel was sent many, many messengers and prophets. They killed some of them. They even tried to kill Isa a. If that wasn't all bad enough, Allah has giving them one day that they don't do no business. What day was that? For the Yehud, what day is their day they don't do nothing? They, they, They just devoted for Ibadah. What day is it? Saturday. So the people, they were prevented from doing what? Business. So there's a group of fishermen, who knows the story? You guys don't know the story about the fishermen who are not supposed to fish on Saturday? In Sultan Baqarah, they're told not to fish. So they say, you know what, we'll cast our nets on Friday. We'll leave the nets out there all Saturday. We'll do our ibadah, everything's good. Then come Sunday, we're going to eat. Does this sound like good worshipers? So what did they do? They went and they went fishing. They cast their nets and they said, we're not fishing. Our nets are fishing. But we're not fishing. What did Allah do to them? As a punishment. Yes. Yes. He made them into monkeys. (laughs) Literal, physical monkeys. Monkeys. Does this sound like a people who you want to do business with? What is one of the most major reasons why we keep losing in Philistine? And why do they keep destroying them? No, because they keep tricking us to trust them. Allah, he reminds you about nations that came before. And he reminds you about some nations that still are. And he tells you about their characteristics for two things. One, so that you don't be like them. And for two, that you be aware of them. And it's important for you guys to know this. Who's been watching the news? Me. Who's been watching what Israelis are saying about you? Where they're calling anybody who disagrees with Israel as a what? A terrorist. While they're calling what's happened to them the Holocaust, they're comparing our brothers and sisters being murdered to Nazis, to Adolf Hitler. We have to know, and we have to understand who are these people so that we stop falling victim to them time and time again. It's not hate speech for you to be aware of these things. Allah says, Illa minhum." Are we saying every single one of them is like this? No. Illa except for khalilan, a little bit minhum from them, except a, a couple of them
1: Oh my, now that's concerning. maybe it's an isolated incident. Is it happening in other cities, other parts of the metro area? Look at what they did at CU with their ethnic studies department, the one with Ward Churchill. Thank God I opposed him. That guy was the same way, same way, same way on this issue, that the Jews have to go. And will they go? Oh, my goodness. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep talking about the trials and tribulations of Donald J. Trump. Please tell a friend, share, subscribe. Thank you again to Alison Gill. Thank you to our troubadour, Dave Gunders. This might have been one of our best shows. I hope so that's up to you thank you bye-bye
0: thank you for listening tune in live every saturday morning nine to noon mountain time visit the craig for the podcast blog and more be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available this has been the craig silverman show